listening to The Quad, a Killjoys podcast. My name is Stephanie. And I'm Annie. We're talking about the Killjoys season three premiere, Boondoggy. While we will talk about anything and everything from the episode, there won't be any spoilers for future episodes. So let's get started with some quick reviews. I was just absolutely delighted and touched by this episode. I felt like it it showcased the aspects of Killjoys that I love the most. We had, you know, fun, humorous adventure, but we also had a whole lot of heart. And not to mention, there was a whole lot of arm and shoulder eye candy <laughs> on display. <Arm> one. We <laughs> we had Dutch and Davin and Hunky Monk in sleeveless shirts. I mean, it's not even my birthday for like three more weeks and already I just feel so touched. <laughs> But I thought that, you know, the adventures with Dutch and her and, and crew and, and with Johnny and, and Ollie were, they were full of like action and quips and teamwork. But I still love that it felt like the spine of the show, the spine of the episode was that really important relationship between Dutch and Johnny. And I really enjoyed all the new characters who were introduced. So I just, I really enjoyed this, this premiere. How about you, Annie? Uh, yeah, I loved it. And uh, I totally thought of you, Stephanie, on rewatch when there was that shot of Hunky Monk uh, with, 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 the gun. with the gun We're, and it was all yes. in the light and the smoke <laughs> and the red tinge. And he was, you know, he had his arms exposed. And I'm like, oh, oh. Stephanie, Hunky Monk. <laughs> I mean, even I was like, oh, so anyway, but um, beyond that note. I thought it was great to see the Killjoys team back together, but like it's now it's more of an extended team with mm-hmm. Pre and Hunky Monk and Fancy. And even if Johnny's gone, I was really happy that he still had contact with Dutch and that they were forming a plan and that Johnny was scoping out the J and that he meets a new ally and that Pippin, that Davin Dutch kidnap, kind of, you know, could become an ally at the end. I like these new characters. I liked them a lot more on rewatch um, because it's hard for me to get everything the first time because I'm live tweeting. But I just, I <laughs> loved it. And just the fact that the Johnny and Dutch relationship is just the heart of the show and it was so prevalent still, even if they were physically separated. Yeah, I just really loved it. So I'm excited to see what's going to come up as uh, Dutch builds the army to go against Anila and the, and the Hullet. Yeah, I had a moment when the episode first started and I thought, oh, shoot, I did not rewatch season two. And boy, am I having trouble remembering what's happening because it feels like the world has gotten a lot more complicated yeah. since, you know, since season one started. Obviously, I mean, not that that's a bad thing, but I was kind of struggling to remember, like, what's a Holland again? I know, oh, yes. I know. Oh, yes. The plasma people. Got it. <laughs> so And why I do you need have the to plasma and what does it do and how does it poison them? Yeah, that part. I was like, I needed a, a reboot. I, I was actually very grateful for the previously on Killjoys at for the beginning. Once. I was like, oh, yeah, I, I know for once. I was yeah. like, thank you. Because <laughs> otherwise, why they needed the black goo and stuff, it would have gone completely over my head. So I, I might need to do a rewatch of season two or at least like the end of season two before next week. So I feel a little more, I don't know, oriented <laughs> to the world. So that we're more in the world of the quad. Yeah. Mm hmm. But we do have this sort of setup for the season seems to be about them trying to, like, build an army to compete against the Hullen. And so I, I liked how they they set it up with this plotline involving Pippin, like you were mentioning. I really liked that at the end of the episode, it was like a reveal of, hey, they were kind of manipulating this guy all along. I didn't see it coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I saw that... They definitely were playing on his 
you know, strengths of a loud mouth. And uh, yeah, that he didn't definitely didn't fit in with them. But at the same time, that Dutch gave him a chance at the end and said, look, this is what it's really about. This is what's happening now that you've seen it, but we could still use you. Yeah, I liked how it, it was entertaining to me, I guess I should say, as Pippin frames it, Dutch's negotiation skills with him, how, you know, blood she was like, you you know, you get Lucy. <laughs> I forget what she says. Lucy, a monitored line and your teeth. Like, that's all you're getting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, she kept just, like, towing a very hard line with him, just, you know, being tough Dutch, which she could do. But I, I like that we get to see both sides of her and how she related to him because she's, you know, she's a tough guy with him. But then at the end, she's very compassionate. She's like, hey, I'm scared, too. This is going to be a hard thing and we could use your help. Mm-hmm. Well, that line is very humanizing to me about Dutch. That to me is the type of flawed hero that I really like in these kinds of stories where they're scared, but they do it anyway. And uh, I was just like, oh, Dutch. But I love how she said to Pippin when they were in the cell, she goes, you remind me of my old partner. (laughs) Yeah, if you take away most of his courage and his intelligence, but (laughs) you know, you have to trust me and I'll get you out of here. The first time I watched it and she said that thing about him reminding her of Johnny, I kind of thought, does he? But on rewatch, I could see it. You know, he's Mm -hmm. using his humor to kind of disarm the situation and try to, you know, make things go a little more smoothly. And that is what Johnny does. We see him do that in the in the hack mod bar. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he's not as courageous nor as intelligent as Johnny. (laughs) He's got his uses, but yeah. Maybe not half as intelligent as Johnny, but definitely not as not as quick as Johnny. I really liked that on rewatch, I was able to see a couple of things that just went past me on first viewing where they sort of hint at the fact that Dutch and, da- and Davin had manipulated Pippin in order to flesh out the Holland. Cause like mm-hmm. there's that scene where Pippin's telling them, Oh, I found your beacon. Sweet Janet has it. And they share this look with each other. And on first viewing, it doesn't really mean much. It's like, Oh, Davin and Dutch are looking at each other. But on rewatch, I'm like, Aha, that's the look that means, Hey, he caught on to our lead with Sweet Janet, who we've set this up to, oh, you know, give us okay. the beacon landing on. And, yeah. they, and they kind of let Janet into it too, which was good. Yeah. And then later on in that confrontation, when uh, Pippin's bodyguard show up, Janet first is kind of like, you know, private meeting, go away. But then she turns her gun on Dutch and Pippin and Davin and says something like, we had a deal. This better not be a setup. Mm-hmm. And I think on first watch, you can think she's talking to Pippin. But on rewatch, I realize she's looking at Dutch. Mm. So she was telling Dutch like, you know, we had this deal where I'm going to pretend to sell you this thing and you're going to let my warrant go. But this, you know, what what's happening right now? Yeah. So I, I liked that that was very subtly done. But I, I love uh, Fancy coming around and flanking them with the boomerang, not boomerang, as I misspelled it in notes, <laughs> uh, patent pending. And I was like, I want one of those. So I love Fancy and his toys. I know. I was like, oh, those are so sweet. Like you said, I liked this extended team that they formed with Davin and Pre and Fancy and Alvis, Huggy Monk. It's hard. It's weird for me to call him. I, I know. I'm like, all, wait, what's his real name? That? I forget. Huggy Monk. <laughs> and and I, I really loved with the scene where they were in the cell and they were like arming up to take on the Holland. Like, yeah, I was they like, had a what? plan. What? Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> Though I did have a moment of worry. I'm like, what did you guys do to your beautiful arms? You know? <laughs> then I realized, oh, wait, it's fake skin. It's yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but then, oh, man, but that, that opening scene where they were infiltrating the hideout, trying to get the information <laughs> from that one Helen. Oh, Bree, uh-huh. you have the best lines. This better be worth chafing. <laughs> <laughs> 
bury me in one piece. I was like, oh, I missed you, Killjoys. I know. I, I loved all of the like action sequences. I, I loved that. I think it's, is it called a hero shot? There's that great shot where after they've taken out the hive of the Holland at the end of the episode and they're all like walking toward camera, mm-hmm. all swaggery. I just, I, but I love that it got all six of them in there and I'm just like, yeah, this is it. <laughs> I know. And they're all covered in goo. They're like, remember when we used to just catch bad guys? I was like, poor dad. He always fun. gets covered in the goo. <laughs> Yeah, it feels like Devin is off often getting sprayed with yucky things, doesn't it? <laughs> I know. Luke's probably like, God, again? I'm gonna ruin my wardrobe again? And I and I also thought the, the kidnapping sequence in the spa was really fun. I, I love the, the exchange with Turin that kind of set that up with the, how are you two with intense heat and unnecessary nudity? <laughs> and I love that Devin answered pretty good, actually, because yeah. that's what I was thinking in my head. <laughs> yeah, he goes, yeah, we got this. And, and the fight where the knife's thrown and Dutch is like, ew. Where did you hide that? <laughs> yeah. I'm all, oh, yeah. Ew. <laughs> and, I, and I love Davin trying to make excuses for the ruckus going on uh-huh. in the spa room. Like, it, it's a very aggressive treatment. <laughs> Deep tissue fracking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you never know. I've been in one of those uh, Japanese like spa things in Japan when I was uh-huh. living there for a few years. Yeah, it's very strange because everybody is naked in there. But yeah, some very, you never know what's going on in there. So <laughs> those are very strange places, I can say from experience. Maybe <sighs> you were, were sitting idly by when someone was getting kidnapped and you didn't even know yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, why aren't there more clothes in here? <laughs> but <sighs> anyway. It was that scene when I was watching the premiere when I just thought, you know, I can't remember the last time that I've just felt so delighted by an episode of television it was it really was just a really fun hour of tv i know and you know what an inventive way to do a fight scene and poor dav he's got to rip off the towel oh and that shocked look and i love what the killjoys official twitter put oh it's rough being a killjoy with a gif of that moment or something to that effect poor dav he just got the short shrift this whole episode yeah, I thought that was all the stuff with Davin and Dutch and, and her team. I feel like we need to come up with a nickname for that group. I don't know. Calling them, you know, the Killjoys doesn't work anymore. I know. Uh, but Killjoys <laughs> plus hunky monks plus Killjoys plus biceps. I don't know. <laughs> plus pre. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he does often show his arms, actually. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't could, know. I feel work, like maybe. it's a Killjoys like group or gang. Or, I don't know. It's like Killjoys plus three or one. You know what I mean? It's like a bigger extended dysfunctional family. Oh, but that reminds me, I did really like the attempts at interrogations of especially the the first four when she was trying to talk to the guys and Fancy says, and we also have no warrant. Did you not not see the words coming out of my mouth? How can I see words? That makes no sense. (laughs) (laughs) What's a monk and a bartender doing with a bunch of killjoys? Well, yeah, I ask myself that a lot. <laughs> but yeah. and then and then Hannah John Common got like her. Please give me an Emmy because really she deserves one. Please give me an Emmy scene where she was talking to the the company Holland woman about heroes and monsters. That was a really good scene. I thought she was great in that oh, scene. Yeah, I love her intensity in those kinds of scenes, and you just know it's building up to something. And yeah, how it intercut with them breaking out of the cell. I was just like, ooh. Oh, I love that. Love those bits. 
Yeah. And that's something I've always really loved about Dutch is I feel like we get to see her darkness, but also how she tries to stay light and how she tries to do the right thing and be a good person. And it was interesting kind of hearing her refer to herself as a monster. It kind of reminded me a bit of Lost Girl in a way, Mm -hmm. because that was always Bo's big struggle on that show was her feeling like a monster. Uh, But this this wasn't the same tone as was used when Bo talked about it on Lost Girl. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, you kind of almost feel like in that sense that Dutch definitely accepts that side of herself Mm, a bit more and knows how to use it to her advantage. But hopefully at the same time, because of people, because of Johnny especially, won't get lost to that. But I felt a bit of sentimentality when she referred to Klein Mm. in this, in that bit, because of the way they ended, especially it was such a kind of 180 from the beginning of the series. But Mm -hmm. all I could remember is him dying at the end of season two and how she's just devastated. And so then when he refers to him as, I knew a man who used to give me boxes, I was like, oh, you know, just had a twinge of, you know, I miss their relationship as complicated as it was and how wonderfully complicated the show made it. And that's a good point. Her sort of evoking what Klein would do for her when mm-hmm. she was talking to the the woman from the company that I feel like that that's a good point. Like that's a, maybe a, a showing us that she, her emotions on Klein have like evolved and changed since the beginning of the series. Yeah. And I was reading an interview with Michelle Lovretta about the, this episode and how she still refers or the interviewer still referred to Klein as um, like a father figure. Yeah. I still like that aspect. We wanted to mention that on Tatiana is Everyone, which is our Orphan Black podcast, we are currently covering the fifth and final season of Orphan Black. Chris and I are releasing weekly episode discussions, so you can listen to the podcast and find out how to subscribe over at TatianaIsEveryone.com. So moving over to the storyline with Johnny, I was kind of surprised that we didn't see Claire at all in this first episode. I know. I was a little disappointed, but I figure it was because of uh, Stephanie Leonidas was unavailable and she was on a new show. Yeah, she was She was cast on Snatch, which is a, a TV version of the movie, the Guy Ritchie movie. And uh-huh. it, it aired like back in March. So I have no idea when they shot, but it's possible, I guess, that her shooting schedule didn't quite work but i'm so now i'm wondering like will we get to see her this season i hope so me too because they've set up now this um storyline where clara is missing and that's what johnny's doing he's searching for her seems like they've been going around tagging all the uh rack agencies in the J that are near you know pools of goo Mm -hmm. so that's the a plan for Dutch and Dav to eventually poison the pools so they can get some more Rackma agencies on their side. But uh, first, you know, he's got this other, Johnny's got this other important storyline for him because he really wants to help Clara and he promised he'd help her take down the factory that does all the mods. But Clara's missing. And I do feel like they're probably building toward confronting the factory. I'd, I'm curious to see if it'll happen in, in this season or if they might build toward that to be for next season. Well, and I'm wondering now, this just occurred to me, does the factory have anything to do with the Hullen? That's is a good like, question. Is it like the factory kind of like a failed 
or kind of like a step before what happens with Hullen. Hmm. You know, you're going to mod- modify humans one way and then you're going to modify them even further, you know, with the goo. And then there was what Johnny discovered when he said, shot that guy in the face. And then he takes the guy's face off and goes, wait a minute. There's someone who seems to be modified, but also appears to be Hullen because he's got some green goo. Yeah, I think it was the point, but I was super confused on what was going on in that moment. I was like, when he when he pulled back the face, I thought, is that supposed to be a Hullen with a skin graph or a hack mod infused with plasma? But it seemed like Johnny was just as confused as I was. So I feel like we yeah, don't have I an answer it was yet. Both. Well, first Johnny's on the run, tracking down an SOS from Clara, and then someone else is wearing it. This woman named Ollie who says she woke up, she's got Alice, the arm on her, broadcasting the same set of SOS coordinates. So it looks like Ollie's been taken advantage of and something's happened to her. So she decides to work with Johnny to figure out what's going on. And I really liked Ollie. Yeah. As disappointed as I was that Clara was missing, I really liked Ollie. I thought she was a good a good kind of buddy partner for Johnny. Mm-hmm. I'm very curious about Ollie's backstory because, you know, we know obviously she's a hack mod. She was in the factory, or I guess presumably she was in the factory. And then she wakes up wearing Alice and she kind of follows the SOS. But, you know, once they get to Rat City, there's that whole confrontation that we just mentioned with the plasma-infused hack mod, the Holland with a skin graft, whatever he was, who tried to warn her and then beat her up. Like, Johnny makes it sound, because he asks her, why was he trying to kill her? That wasn't necessarily my impression from the guy, though. It sounded like he was just trying to warn her off of trying to find Clara. Hmm. So I don't know that he was targeting Ollie specifically. Did you get that impression? Uh, Yeah, I don't know. Now that you mentioned that. Huh. Could be, given that we don't know much about Ollie. Mm -hmm. Like, why was Ollie targeted for Clara's arm? Yeah. Although it could just be, oh, here's another hack mod with the arm missing. We need to get rid of the arm. So, but yeah, who's setting up, who's behind Clara's disappearance? Why is it, why are people not wanting her to ask questions about it? Even the hack mod society seems so freaked out. And remember the hack mod leader said more people are leaving Rat City than not. Right. And they're also warned away um, by the person that Clara was going to meet saying that, you know, it's not Rat City's not as safe as it used to be. Yeah, and I was a little unsure if we were supposed to think that the guy who, the the plasma infused guy, if he was sent by Havigan, who was the the leader at the bar, who told who told them to you know that Rat City more people were leaving Rat City than coming in. It, it wasn't clear to me what his name was until I looked at mm-hmm. IMDb. So his name was Havigan. Oh, uh, okay, okay. <laughs> and I wasn't sure if we were supposed to assume that Havigan had sent the guy to warn them off because it sounded like he was the one who set up the meet where Johnny goes and he chases the jumper in the red hat and then mm-hmm. comes back and he finds that uh, Ollie's been beaten up and he says, oh, it was a setup. Like, I, I wasn't sure if we were supposed to assume that was Havigan's doing or if there's something else at play. So I hope we see him again soon. Havigan, I mean. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if he'd – I mean, I feel like he'd come right out and say it. I feel like there's something bigger at play behind mm. 
Clara's disappearance and like something beyond the Hackmog community that could have something to do with the Holland. I don't know. I feel like it's all going to come together. Yeah. I, I, I mean, now that they're running these two storylines at the same time, at least that's my hope now mm-hmm. because it's so intriguing. And um, one thing I loved about the conversation in the bar in Rat City was how Ollie is educating Johnny about all the different levels of Hackmod and Johnny yeah. said, oh, I guess you can't, I guess you can't escape class systems. And that's just, I love Michelle Loretta's complex world building at this point in the series now, because it's like, wow, even in this Hackmod society, you've got Owl, you've got, what is it? You got the jumpers and the grips. Jumpers, grips. And then the specs who are like the higher class mm-hmm. hack mods because they had special order parts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Johnny's like, collect the whole set. Ollie's like, yeah, except they have basic human rights. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And I, I also noticed on rewatch that in that conversation, because I, I think he says something like, if they were superheroes, you know, they would, you know, collect the whole set. He mentioned superheroes in some regard. And she replies like, yes, but superheroes usually have capes and mm-hmm. basic human rights. Yeah. And then I remember that on rewatch, you know, later on, Dutch is also talking about heroes and like what heroes mm-hmm. do versus monsters. So I'm wondering if that's going to be a theme throughout the season is talking about like what makes a hero, et cetera. So yeah, yeah. anyway, I just noticed that on rewatch. But then <laughs> I think what's so funny is that Johnny – he leaves the hack mod bar and gets discovered as a basic. Also, I love that phrase, basic. Basic, and yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you think he would have, like, especially Johnny being a techie guy, you think he would have assembled his fake, you know, owl mod a little bit, a little bit better so that the eye didn't just pop out when somebody bumped him. But <laughs> yeah, I actually was a little surprised that that was the way that they went, but maybe it's just because they needed something that would be visible that fell off. I actually was worried about the piece that he had attached on the back of his head. Cause I Which was I thinking, didn't see until rewatch. Yeah. yeah, it's when he enters the bar, you can see the piece on the back of his head. Because yeah, I was yeah. thinking he could lose that easily and not even realize, mm. you know. Yeah, yeah. But probably for just you know, storytelling purposes, it was best that he lost something on the front so that we as the viewers really could see, like, oh, shoot, you know, he's he's been discovered. But then also when he gets scanned by what I assume is another agent or something at the beginning oh, of the episode, mm-hmm. yeah, it comes off as a genuine, he goes, whoa, whoa, you've been modified way beyond legal level. So it's good enough to fool a scan. But he was worried about it later, asking Ollie, oh, you sure my my, my mod's good enough? Mm-hmm. But he didn't glue the eyepiece on good enough, Johnny. Though actually, I wonder, <laughs> I think actually when he asks Ollie about it, is it, is you sure my, I think he's, because I think he says, are you sure my, my mod is okay? I think he's actually talking about the fact that they're walking out in the open and he was worried about oh, getting, yeah, yeah. getting harassed for being a hack mod. So that might have been yeah, what that yeah. was about. Because then he asked her, oh, why aren't you hiding Alice? Yeah. <laughs> and I love Ollie's response. Wow, somebody needs a puppy. Yeah. <laughs> she named it. <laughs> yeah, I liked that line from Ollie. And I also liked her line about how she wasn't going to leave town because she still has coupons that aren't expired yeah, or something yeah. like that. Because <laughs> in my head, I was thinking, that's me. <laughs> if I yeah. got a coupon, I'm not leaving. <laughs> Getting my money's worth, dang it. But then, to me, uh, one of the best parts of the episode was when Johnny, they're like, we're modem for real. He's like, wait, what? Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> and then he gets modded and he's all, he's all excited. He goes, ooh, what about this? And then he gets modded and he can't stop playing with it. 
<laughs> She's like, Holly's like, seriously? Sorry, it's so cool. I am the greatest man that ever lived. And I'm like, oh, Johnny. And he would be happy about it. Like if, if any oh, yeah. of the Killjoys was going to be in that situation, it probably was best that it was Johnny who would be kind of on board with it. Well, and I have to say this is, well, it's either Aaron Ashmore or Michelle Lavretto or <laughs> one of the cast or crew. I mean, I kept hashtagging, finger banging all night. Okay, that was their their phrase, not mine, but uh, it was quite amusing. I'm a little disappointed that the phrase finger banger was used in this episode and Delsea wasn't here. Like, I got really Oh, helpful. yeah. <laughs> you couldn't have a Delsea Dutch thing saying <sighs> finger banging. Yes, something yeah. with... Anyway, that was a personal oh. disappointment, though, of, of course, I love the episode. <laughs> but I'm still on, my edge, on the edge of my seat a little bit, hoping that Delsea is coming back because I left her fate very up in the air at the end of season two. So fingers crossed. My finger yeah, banging fingers are crossed. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, back to what actually happened in the episode. <laughs> but I'm actually glad that the mod they gave Johnny is possibly one that he could easily remove if he wanted to. Yeah, I was a little was, nervous about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was like, I thought, what are they oh, going to do to him? <laughs> I know. And I was like, I thought they were going to make him an owl permanently. Mm. And I was just like, oh, God, Dutch is not going to be happy about that. But yeah, can they? Is it against you know, the mod culture to remove your mod or... And at least it's something that I feel like Johnny would find useful, you know? Later in the episode when Fancy, he, you know, he pulls out his little instrument that he uses to cut a hole in the, in their mm -hmm. cell. I thought if Johnny were there, he could use his finger to do that. That's, you know? that's true. <laughs> and I was like, oh, what's he going to use the finger for? I'm all, oh, good. He's using his mod. He's oh, God. He's using it to cut off a guy's face. <laughs> Oh, God, it's useful. Oh, God, it's useful. <laughs> oh, God, it's a little. There was this um, picture, that series of pictures that Michelle Lavretta tweeted that night of her in editing by like four different stills of the guy's cut off face. And she's all there's four different pictures of her being increasingly excited. <laughs> it was quite funny. She's like, oh, the things I do for a living. And, yeah. <laughs> I kind of wondered, why would Johnny decide, suddenly decide to cut off the guy's face? I mean, didn't it just look like any other destroyed mod? Or did he notice something different? Like, oh, a chance to use my finger, you know? <laughs> That's I mean, a good why would he question. cut off the guy's face? So uh, Maybe because, I don't know, maybe it just looked different than he had seen before. And he was trying to figure out if it was a robot i don't know but that's a good uh, point yeah. i don't know why exactly he thought to do that but i guess it's good that he did yeah he's like oh finger finger <laughs> he was me. just really excited to use it <laughs> yeah yeah but then i was a little concerned because ollie seemed fine after getting beat up and they reattached alice and she's like oh alice is fine and then she passes out i'm like was she injured more than we thought or what happened yeah and the last we see of johnny is her carrying her off so yeah i'm Assuming we'll see Ollie next episode, but I'm a little worried about her now. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm worried about her too. I, I she does get thrown around a lot, so maybe it was just yeah, that subsequent was quite to that a beating. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I hope she's okay. I really like her. I want I want to see yeah. more of her. She has nowhere else to go. I thought the I dark know. talk scene between her and Johnny was really good. I thought that concept, again, the terminology of dark talk was really cool. She goes, yeah, we're kind of in these healing hospitals and we're in the dark and all our secrets come out. And then Johnny's response where he was like, 
you know, I keep losing people. It's kind of my thing. And it was only on rewatch that I saw he has a single tear come out. Yeah. Like, oh, Johnny. That's why so. I really hope we see uh, see Clara later because if he yeah. can, isn't able to get Clara, I I don't want Johnny to be destroyed. But yeah. I also want Johnny to realize like you're always going to have Dutch. Dutch isn't going to leave you. Well, I'm wondering if in that conversation he's not just referring to Potter but to Dutch because he's not with her at that point, you know? Well, and and probably it also has to do with like his his parents because his father left and his mother passed away. Mm-hmm. I mean, he might be thinking of Dutch too. I feel like he he maybe by the end of the season, maybe he might realize that he has Dutch. He's always going to have Dutch and that'll mm. be good for him, but Yeah. <sighs> But I liked that yeah. concept of dark talk a lot because as soon as she fi- she said what she was defined what she was talking about, I thought, yeah, that's I've mm-hmm. totally had those types of conversations with people where it's like I didn't have to look at them and it was kind of late or something and I was able to be more honest than I maybe would have otherwise. Mm-hmm. To me, there were so many good parts of the episode, but then the messages between Johnny and Dutch Aww. where. I was like, well, correct me if I'm wrong, but those are just one way, right? Like yes. they can't. Okay, because I can't remember if how the technology worked. So, yeah, um, it's just one way. So it's like a recorded message, but it plays as a hologram, and it looks very much like they are there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, though I think last season we did see. I thought we Johnny did see- and Potter talking back and forth, but I think yeah, that's why I got confused. So, but I think it, like that's the Killjoys equivalent of FaceTime, whereas mm-hmm. you know what we saw in this episode was more the Killjoys equivalent of like a voicemail. <laughs> yeah, but those were those were great. I again, like I I was really worried that they had Johnny leaving at the end of season two, but I I felt reassured in this episode that they were still going to have Dutch and Johnny and their bond be so yeah. prominent. But that they had reestablished contact in a seemingly a short amount of time. I don't know. How, how long do you think it's been since in between seasons two and three? That's a good question. I don't imagine very long, maybe a couple mm-hmm. of months or yeah. so. Because longer than a couple of weeks, but not longer than a couple of months. Yeah, I think somewhere in there, too. Yeah. But long enough where it's getting to the point where Dutch is like, you know, I can't ask him back as much as... You know, he would come no matter what I, you know, if I asked, but I know mm-hmm. he's doing important work, so I can't. Yeah. But it sounds like it would take Johnny a while to scan all those different clusters of the J, so it'd be longer than a few weeks. But yeah, a couple months, that'd be quite a while for, you know, the wifey partner, boss, <laughs> non-sexual life partners to be apart. So Yeah. But yeah, there's just that, especially that one, that message at the end, more so than the first message where Dutch is replying to him and you know it's a one-way message, but Johnny knows when to pause and when to have inflections because he knows exactly what Dutch is going to say. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. How well they know each other. And, uh, and then when it fades and then she says again, and I'm like, oh, (laughs) so. And I feel like, when she says again, I, I I feel like when I first watch it watched it, I thought, oh, I bet she's listened to that message at least once before the time that we're half seeing. a dozen times or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah. So the idea that she's just you know in her room watching these messages from Johnny is just like, oh, you guys, you're breaking my heart. <laughs> I know. I love how much you love each other. <laughs> I really love the callback to where she's reading his comics, so that there's those are still on board. And of course, no Killjoy's episode is complete without 
Lucy and her reading the message from Pippin <laughs> in her classic Lucy voice. I mean, that's like something that Lucy would say and, you know, without even, even if it wasn't a message from Pippin, she would still say Pat or whatever. My favorite part of the message, though, was I liked that Pippin specified which hot one he was talking about. The girl yeah. hot one. <laughs> <laughs> But and I also it wasn't something Lucy said, but I, I liked that Davin was like, oh, but he, if he pees, Lucy's going to be so mad. <laughs> I know, and I was totally waiting for a line from Lucy at that point. I was I like, know. come on, Lucy. I know. So not uh, not a ton of Lucy in this episode, but enough. It was it was good to hear Lucy's voice again. But do you notice that um, that uh, Tamsin is has she always been in the opening credits? No, she hasn't. She is this year. Good, so. good. I didn't yeah. notice that. I, yeah, I feel like before she was at the end of the episode. So that's a step yeah, up, I yeah. think, billing-wise for yeah. her. So good for her. She's an important yeah. part of the series. Yeah, I guess I just have a few little stray thoughts to conclude. We had a couple of Lost Girl alums in this episode. We had Tommy Amber Peary, who played Ollie. She was in Caged Bay. She played Sylvie. Oh, yeah. Bo's cellmate. I knew her face looked familiar, but her hair was very, very different, yeah. so it didn't come to me very quickly at all. And then Emily Pigford, who played Yoki, who's the woman that they talked to in the bar. Familiar. Yeah, she ah, played Tamoe okay. in Big in Japan. So I'm always happy to see Lost Girl alums over on Killjoys. And also, since we're talking about like guest stars, I was really pleased, as I usually am, to see how diverse the like supporting cast of characters were on the mm -hmm. show. And yeah. especially I, the, the actor who's playing Havigan, who's the kind of head hack mod guy in the bar, he is an actual person with an amputation. And it makes me wonder if maybe they also had other actors who are people with amputations playing some of the other hack mods. Uh, but I was pleased that it was diverse in that way too, that they were incorporating actors who were actual people with amputations into the cast and that he got like lines and stuff like, yay. <laughs> well, yeah, and I think that's um this is kind of an aside note. I think that's really important that productions keep doing that and give them good parts. And I really think that's appropriate for actors playing hack mods. Like, you know, that is the experience of the character. But I'm mm -hmm. I was very pleased to see him there. I believe his name is Prince Ampose, I believe. I don't have it in front of me. And it yeah, I was pleased to see him. I it sounds like we're gonna see more of him and I'm happy about that. Yeah, me too. But I think probably besides the what happened to Ollie and is she going to be okay at the end of the episode, what was with Davin taking one of the planes? Where is he going? Yeah. Well, I was all excited when the planes like lit up. I'm like, oh, I want to see Dutch fly one of those. And then it was revealed that Davin could get in there. And I'm all, okay, scratch that. Let me, let's see Davin fly one of those. But my question was, I wonder if those are plasma fused planes, but what if the doesn't the plasma repel from Davin? Or can Davin more control the plasma? He can control the plasma now. Okay. But, but, so yeah, he can I, attract I, or repel it. So, But that thinking was – that was my thinking is if the planes have something to do with the plasma and the Holland as to why he can access it because he has such a strange relationship with the goo. I had that thought too. I was wondering why he was able to open it when Turin said that they hadn't been able to get inside yet. But that's my only thought mm -hmm. is because of his relationship to the plasma. But I'm wondering if that means he's going to go after Johnny. Like, where did he take the plane? What are you doing, yeah. Davin? You're making me nervous. <laughs> I know. We don't want the team fractured even more. No, don't leave Dutch by herself. Well, she wouldn't be by herself, but still, she yeah. would be sad if both Jacobis were elsewhere. 
we would love to hear your thoughts about this episode of Killjoys as well as throughout the season. You can send them to killjoys at askgenretv.com. And we love getting voice messages, which you can send us in a couple of ways. Record a voice memo on your smartphone and email it to us. Or call our listener voicemail line at 972-514-7223. You can follow us on Twitter or Tumblr as Killjoys Podcast. And we often live tweet during the East Coast airings of Killjoys in the U.S. and Canada, so you can catch us on Twitter then. The Quad is part of the Ask Genre TV family of podcasts. To find our other podcasts about Orphan Black and Lost Girl and other shows, visit our website at askgenretv.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the Quad.